Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. And it has begun. The havoc the storm system is going to cause has already started to cause postponements at the SEC tournament, including LSU. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. I'm your host, the big, bald, and beautiful one, Raymond Parts III. Joined here inside the game studios by the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names. We got a great show lined up for you today. Got three quality guests. Not one, not two, but three quality guests on today's show. At 7.30, KPLC sports anchor Brandon Williams will be making his RP3 and company debut. Talking all things McNeese. They have a big championship series this weekend. It actually begins tomorrow, Thursday through Saturday. Best two out of three. Cowboys versus the Lions, the Southeastern winner. Wins the Southland Conference Tournament and gets that automatic bid to an NCAA regional. So Brandon will hop on and help us preview all of that action. Then at 8 o'clock, Bill Bender, our old friend, friend from the Sporting News college football writer, columnist. He's going to hop on, talk about the state of the sport, the Jimbo and Saban beef, Eli Holstein spurning A&M to go sign with Alabama. I'm sure there's going to be lots of comments about that. We'll talk about that and so much more with Bill coming up at 8.02. And then at 8.30 today, The voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair, will be joining us to help us talk about how the Tigers were able to turn things around there against Vandy and how the SEC tournament looks for Jay Johnson's team. Of course, we also have our foodie question of the week, which we will unveil upcoming for the holiday weekend. And we're going to get to NBA playoffs. We're going to get to... The Houston Astros bouncing back with a win over the Guardians. And so much more. But we got to begin with the news that came out last night. Anytime I get a text message after a particular time at night, I know it can't be good. And that's what happened last night. When I got the text message. LSU baseball game has already been moved. And I was like, oh, there it is. There it is. Woo! Let's get it. Let's go. They were supposed to start the tournament yesterday. And they did. The single elimination portion. Remember, LSU received the good old-fashioned double bye. The good old-fashioned double-bye. So, but 
they weren't going to be playing until, wait for it, Wednesday night at 8 o'clock. Okay. Not too bad. It was going to be the fourth game out of four, which means it was not going to start at 8 o'clock, which means it's probably going to start later, and it was originally scheduled for Wednesday night. Single elimination games on Tuesday. Then you you begin the double elimination portion of the tournament on Wednesday. That's traditionally how it's done there over in lovely Hoover. And we got some ball games in. Alabama upset Georgia 5-3 to three in the very first game of the day. Florida needed extra innings to beat South Carolina 2-1. to one. And then Vanderbilt bounced back and defeated Ole Miss 3-1. to one. So you're like, okay. And you're monitoring it, and you know the storm system, part of that which came through here last night and dropped a ton of rain throughout Acadiana. But then the news comes. Now, part of this is because of the storm system. Part of it is because, of course, South Carolina and Florida needed extra innings because why not? But they never played the fourth game yesterday. And the fourth game yesterday was Kentucky, the 12 seed, taking on the 5 seed, Auburn. That was the last single elimination game of the day. They didn't get around to playing it. So, because the winner of that game has to play LSU, everything got bumped. So, You got three of the four games in yesterday in the single elimination portion of the tournament. You still have Kentucky taking on Auburn. That has to get wrapped up this morning at 9.30. Then after that is done, they're going to get in Alabama versus Arkansas. Then they'll be... Florida versus AM, and then maybe Vandy versus Tennessee. LSU has now been bumped to, wait for it, Thursday morning at 9.30. Who's ready for some morning baseball? What? So that means no footnotes with Kevin Foote tomorrow. Our guy, Footsie, will get a well-deserved day off. So tomorrow morning, it will be RP3 and company, 6 to 9, and we will lead you into the rare, very rarely do I get the opportunity to lead you into pregame, but it's happening tomorrow. Could happen Friday, too. There's no telling. RP3 and company, then LSU pregame at 9 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. That's if... They even get to play the game tomorrow morning. Because let me break it down for you. They couldn't even get all the single elimination games in. That's the easiest part of the tournament. The single elimination games. Couldn't get those in. Got three of the four. So now we're a game behind as is, right? What? Checking on the weather over there in Hoover and Birmingham. It's supposed to be the worst. I texted, communicated with Chris Blair yesterday. He's been over there since Sunday, ready to go. 
My man's got nothing to do. And I asked him, how does the weather forecast look there locally for tomorrow, for Wednesday? He said, not great. So, as it stands right now, 6.10 this morning on this lovely May the 25th, we are scheduled, remember I said we're going to use that term loosely? It's going to be a very fluid term this week. We are scheduled to have LSU baseball on the airwaves tomorrow morning, Thursday, pregame 9 o'clock, first pitch 9.30. We're scheduled. That's what the SEC would like to happen. That's what LSU would like to happen. But will it actually happen? I'm, I'm leaning towards no. I'm leaning towards no. Because you're going to have to get the single elimination game in still. Still. And then you have to get three other games in before you can even get to LSU. The weather is supposed to be the worst. It's supposed to be all week today. Wednesday is supposed to be the worst day of all week over in Hoover. And, and it's not much better for Thursday either. Because Thursday, there's a 100% chance of precipitation and a lovely 74 degrees in Hoover. This is going to be a mess. A mess. Tons of rain today. Got to get three games in before you can even think about the Tigers playing tomorrow morning. And then on top of it, there's a 100% chance of showers for Thursday in Hoover, Alabama. There we go. <laughs> Man, you couldn't even we couldn't even get to the get done with the single elimination in time. Because storms moved around the start times yesterday. They couldn't even get the single elimination portion of the tournament in on Tuesday. All day showers today. 100% chance of showers on Thursday. When are we going to be playing these games? Because they have to get in by Sunday night. Because the selections come out Monday. So, I'm just looking at the old bracket here. <laughs> just Now, I've already said that you could, it's not ideal. You could move your semifinal games to the morning and then have your championship on Sunday night. The problem at Hoover is that you have one field. So it's not a situation where you play multi... See, this is the other part of this, which I've always found funny. You're having a tournament where you're only going to be able to utilize one field. If you were at a facility that had two fields, you wouldn't have this issue. But I digress. You could do one semifinal at 9.30, one semifinal, say, at 1 o'clock, and then have your championship game at 7 on Sunday night. Not ideal, because somebody's going to have to play back-to-back. -back, but 
you're running out of options. You're going to run out of options, especially if today's games and early Thursday's games get wiped out. Because you're going to run out of time. You're going to run out of time. Because regionals are supposed to be the next weekend, right? So you you have to you have to figure this out. What is the backup plan? Whew. I know there's a lot of praying going on over at the SEC offices in Birmingham, but your your easiest fix with this would be to eliminate the double elimination portion of the tournament. That would alleviate a lot of different things. If you lose today's slate of games, then you have to make a decision. You're looking at you're looking at the schedule and you're going, um, okay. Like what options do you have? You're running out of op- you're gonna run out of options because you're gonna run out of time. Right now, you're still in good shape. Right now, you only have two games on Friday because that's the double elimination portion. Then you have your semifinals, which are single elimination on Saturday, and then the championship round on Sunday. Great, okay? But you have you have to get to that point. So if you eliminate the double elimination portion, and it's only winners, you can get all the games in. Because you're eliminating all the double elimination games. That would force you to redo the bracket on the fly. But what other options you're going to have here? Because right now on Wednesday, it's supposed to rain all day. Thursday, it's supposed to be 100% chance of showers all day. So you're supposed to have two days that you're supposed to be playing. In a two-day period, you're supposed to be playing eight games. So you're going to lose two days. That means... If you keep the format the way it is, you're going to have to play 13 games in three days. It's not possible. right? It's not possible. Now, because the storm system is not only impacting the SEC, it's also impacting the Sunbelt Conference. And it's also going to be impacting the ACC tournament that whole portion of the United States is getting hit by this storm system, could the NCAA say, okay, guys, instead of redoing the tournaments, we will simply push it back a day, give you guys an extra day. We won't do selection shows on Monday. We will do selection shows for all the regionals on Tuesday. They could do that especially if it's dire straits for the SEC and the ACC. They probably don't care as much for the Sun Belt. But they could do that. They could do that. They could push it back a day. They could push it back a day. Now, the NCAA would have to grant that. Right? They would have to step up and go, okay, guys, because of the severe weather, let's just push the selection back to Tuesday. Give you guys the extra day to make up the games. Because this is also going to impact the ACC and the Sun Belt. 
So there's going to be multiple tournaments impacted by this weather system. SEC is the, the big dog, obviously. ACC is also relevant. Do you just grant them the extra day? You could just do that. Could That could be your easy fix. But they do love having their television selection show a certain day. And they love having certain done things done a certain way. So that would have to push everything back a day. So what are they going to do? It's interesting to find out what they will be doing here. Because they're going to be, look, they could get the benefit where the rain comes and then it's not as bad as we're expecting. And it just comes and then it leaves, right? We've seen this happen over and over again. Weather is immensely unpredictable. And maybe you keep your fingers crossed and they get a couple of games in. They can get a couple of games in today and maybe get a game or two in on Thursday. Then you're not in such a bad spot. I still think you probably just need to get rid of the double elimination portion of the tournament. If you get washed today, I would just be like, hey, no double elimination. Guys, we're redoing the bracket. A single elimination now. Boom. Sorry, but this is the only way we can get it in. So it will be interesting to see what happens with the SEC tournament. But as of right now, tonight's game against LSU has been officially pushed to Thursday morning, tomorrow morning. First pitch set for 9.30. Pre-game will begin at 9. We'll keep you updated because that could possibly change later today, later tonight, could even change tomorrow morning. So we'll keep you updated on the situation with the conference tournament for the SEC over in lovely Hoover, Alabama. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and company, oh, we're going to keep the, the goodness going. Astros bounce back in a big way with a win over the Guardians. We'll recap it for you. That's coming up next. We'll unveil the foodie poll question of the week as well. That's all coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. If you haven't joined the game clubhouse, today is going to be the day you're going to do so. Let's make it happen. Let's make today the day you're going to join our clubhouse. First of all, it's simple. It's free. Just go to the website, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Click on the clubhouse rewards tab. You can sign up. Once you do, you earn points. And then you can use those points to win free stuff. Like a $50 gift certificate to Half Show Oyster House. Delicious Gulf seafood. Great time. You can take your lady out if you'd like. Or... What about a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse? Mouth-watering steaks. Cooked to perfection. Just the way you like them. Or you can also win Astro tickets. That's right. Astro Weekend Getaways. They're powered by Butcher AC and Lay Meridian. Houston downtown. 
You can win Astros tickets. You can win gift certificates to Half Shell Oyster House or Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. But you can only win all of that great stuff by becoming a member of our clubhouse. So go sign up today. It's free to do so. Visit 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com to sign up today. Speaking of them Strohs. Bounce back win last night, 7-3 over the Guardians. Take that, Cleveland. Framer Valdez, he's pitching very well. He really is. He had a, a few rough starts. He improves to 4-2 and two on the season. Seven innings, he scatters seven hits over seven innings. Gives up three runs, strikes out four. ERA now under 2.84. Solid performance. Relievers come in, take care of their job. They don't even need Presley there. They just use Neris and Montero. And Framer, it, may, it sure does feel like he's developed into the number two ace of the staff behind Verlander. You can make an argument for Keedy, sure. But I think it's Framer. I really do. He's pitching consistent. Like I said, he had a few bad outings, but he seems to be back on track. And while Framer was doing his job on the bump and did, did so after giving up an early run, he gave up a run right there in the first. But he bounced back, was steady, pitched well the rest of the way. And while Framer was guiding the ship there, the Astros' bat said, okay, time for us to do our job. Kyle Tucker continues to be a home run hitting machine. He only had one hit in last night's game. It was a dinger there in the fifth inning off of Plazak. and But he wasn't the only one. A three-run shot, by the way. He's only he's was not the only one that had a good night at the dish. Jose Altuve, two hits, two runs. Brantley and Bregman each had a hit. Jordan Alvarez had a hit. Pena, the rookie sensation, scored a run. He had two hits as well. And even good old McCormick, buried in the lineup down in the eight hole, got himself a hit. It was that kind of night for the Strohs in the batter's box. Bregman now starting to come together a little bit. Had the home run over the weekend. Last night, he got the big double and got a couple of ribbies. So maybe Breggs is starting to kind of turn a corner here. Once again, we talk about how talented this lineup is. That allows them the time to turn things around. If one guy's slumping, not to worry. There's other guys to pick up the slack. Bregman's average is now up to 230, well below where he normally hits. But he's got time. Because you got Altuve and Bradley, Brantley rather, that are batting close to 290 on the team. Pena's batting close to 300. So Bregman can be protected a little bit here while he tries to find himself in, and in the batter's box. But they're rolling, man. Rolling. Plezak only lasted four and two-thirds, nine hits, seven runs, all earned. Now, there was a couple times where you're like, okay, he's got some good, pretty good stuff last night when he struck out five batters, but it wasn't enough. He was still throwing too many pitches with the Strohs said, thank you. 
So Stroh's bounced back, improved to 28-16 and 16 on the year with the 7-3 win last night. Of course, these two teams will face off yet again at Minute Maid Ballpark. That'll be tonight, 7-10, first pitch. Guardians, Strohs. You can listen to it on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM. While we have a few moments here, it's less time to unveil the foodie poll question of the week. Memorial Day weekend is, well, just in a few days. Not to worry, we'll be working for you on Memorial Day. We'll be giving you all the great local and live sports talk that you've come to expect and deserve. But it will be a big weekend. And a lot of folks like to barbecue on Memorial Day weekend. That leads us to our foodie poll question of the week. We ask you, what is your favorite barbecue meat? What's the one that you go, got to put it on the grill, got to put it on the smoker, got to take care of this. This is going to be the featured meat for my backyard barbecue. Is it beef brisket? Is it pulled pork? Is it chicken? Old school barbecue chicken. My dad used to make some of the best. That was one of his things that he could do really well. Barbecue chicken on the grill, chili. Those were his two things that he could do really well. Is it barbecue chicken or is it ribs? Does not matter if they're beef or they're pork, just ribs. Those are your options for the foodie poll question of the week. You know, we do that every Wednesday where our poll question of the day becomes a foodie poll question of the week. What's your favorite barbecue meat? Right now, leading the vote is beef brisket with 40, 47% of the vote. 26% of you say ribs, beef, or pork. 20% say pulled pork. And 7 7 only say chicken. That means 7% of you grew up knowing that you had to uh, push Get as much as you could for your dollar. <laughs> get a bunch of get a bunch of leg quarters, chop them up, put them on the grill. Uh, that's how you uh, are the barbecue masters. JPK the OD says chicken. Everything tastes like chicken. Chicken is gas station barbecue. Pulled pork is barbecue with training wheels for beginners. Ribs. Well, now you're getting somewhere. Brisket. Brisket. Brisket requires a very particular set of skills, and he shared the gift from taken. Steve, this man is so fancy. So salty, yet so fancy. He says, barbecue shrimp. I don't even know how to pronounce the name of this place. Pascal Maniel's, maybe? I don't know. With warm French bread to soak up the sauce, worth the trip to Nola. I've heard about that place. But Steve has, we, we, we joke with Steve as being salty Steve, but our man has fine dining tastes. He's the one that wanted to bring fancy omelets to the table when we talked about eggs a few weeks ago. Now he's bringing fancy barbecue to the table. Living the li- lifestyles of the rich and famous Salty Steve is. Todd says, you need other because barbecue pork steak is the way to go. They say pork steak all day. Pork steak all day. John Paul Cajun Daddy just says yes. He just says yes. So there you go. 
What's your favorite barbecue meat? Is it beef brisket? Is it pulled pork? Is it chicken? Is it ribs? And once again, write-in votes are encouraged. Pork steak, encouraged. Barbecue shrimp, encouraged. Keep them coming on our foodie poll question of the week. What's your favorite barbecue meat? Once again, only four options on the Twitters. Only four options on the Twitters. We got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up. We'll take your phone calls as well. The hotline is open. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to join in the discussion with RP3? Then just give us a call on the hotline. You know the number. Two, four, niner, five, six, seven, eight. I can't hear you. You're trailing off. And did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? No need to be embarrassed. Just call us at 337-706-0111. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh, we found the workaround, if you will, on the Twitter restrictions for poll questions. Inspired, inspired by you out there listening. To Ton, to Darren, and to our guy, Salty Steve. You guys gave us more options than we had. You know the restrictions that the Twitter puts on us. Hey, Elon Musk, fix that. This is what you got to do, right? You, you, you can only give four options for a poll. You create a poll on the Twitter, you can only give four options. Obviously, there's more options for barbecue. This is what we did. We're adding it to Facebook, which is not an issue. If you're voting on the poll question of the day by leaving your comments on the Book of Face, not an issue. This is what I did. I commented on our poll question by adding two additional choices with the uh, I added my own poll question as RP3. So if you go to our poll question of the day, the foodie poll question of the week. What's your favorite barbecue meat? You'll see the initial four options. Brisket, pork, chicken, ribs, beef, or pork. But then if you scroll down into the comment section, you see your boy RP3. Full name, government name, Raymond Parts III. And I'm giving you two additional poll choices. Two additional poll choices, pork steak or shrimp. So you can vote on those as well. We just expanded the poll question. Found the workaround, collaborated, boom, figured it out. So go vote. Now you have two additional options on the foodie poll question of the day. Thomas is on here talking about barbecue beer canned chicken. Making me hungry. Making me hungry. Go vote on that. Let us know what you think. I've chimed in with my poll question as well. Additional. Dat Cajun has chimed in. He says these two over the others. Then you got to vote, Dat Cajun. You got to vote. You're right there. Just vote. Yes, Dat Cajun voted. (laughs) Keep those votes coming. 
We'll keep updating our multi-layered foodie poll question of the week. What's your favorite barbecue meat? Keep it coming. Want to hear from you. Leave your comments on Facebook and the Twitters. You can also call us on the hotline. 337-706-0111. Don't be scared. If you're trying to sneak the phone call into us, just tell your boss, hey, I got to speak with RP3 for a minute. They'll be like, not a problem. At least that's what I imagine. I'm assuming it's not going to be an issue. But give us a call. Game hotline is open, 337-706-0111. And while you vote on our foodie poll question of the day, just know that you can't go wrong with any type of barbecue. I mean, can we just start there? Brisket is delicious. Brisket's probably my go-to. Like, if I go to a barbecue restaurant, it's probably the brisket. Probably the brisket. If I'm at home, it's probably, you know, doing it old school, trying to make, you know, stretch your money with barbecue leg quarters on the grill. Now, Nothing does top, though, a really great barbecue plate lunch with pork steak. If done right. I've had a few occasions where uh, that plate lunch ain't done right. That barbecue steak ain't done right. So, keep those votes coming. Let us know what you think. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on our first caller of the day. Good morning, sir. What's your name, bud? Good morning. Dustin from Ville Platte, Louisiana. Oh, Dustin, the home of Dustin's from Ville Platte, the home of Jack Miller's barbecue sauce, by the way. That's right. Hey, the best thing on the grill, man, is some good green boudin, deer backstrap, and wild turkey. My man. My man, that's the phone call right there. Thank you, Dustin. Hey, you got to cook it low and slow. Low and slow. Ville Platte's the home of the Smoked Meat Festival, too, man. They know how That's to smoke right. their meat right. up over there in Ville Platte now. Dustin, and I appreciate the phone call, bud. Everything has peppers on top wrapped in bacon. Oh. Can't beat it. It's, it's unbelievable. Oh, Dustin, appreciate the phone call, brother. Have a great day, my friend. Y'all take care, RP3. Let me tell you something. I worked in Ville Platte for a couple years. I was always taken care of food-wise. Get the Smoked Meat Festival. Just, just people around town. Have plate lunches. We had people stop by the office, say, "Hey, we got it's like a church fundraiser or something like that." We got, "Hey, we got smoked meat." You know, we're doing something. So good, so good. Shout out to Ville Platte giving us a call. Love Flat Town, USA. Keep those votes coming. Keep those votes coming on the foodie poll question of the week. Let's talk a little recruiting while we have a moment keep those phone calls coming game hotline is open 337-706-0111 Eli Holstein yesterday wasn't totally unexpected what the Zachary quarterback did he had been a Texas A&M commitment the quarterback for the 2023 class 
He'd been locked up, ready to go to go play for Jimbo Fisher. But then he had decommitted, opened up his commitment. LSU was trying to recruit him. Bama, others were trying to recruit him. And he ends up signing with Alabama yesterday, committing to Alabama yesterday, rather. He has not signed anything. Let's be very clear there. Boy, this is going to make things interesting, right? I mean, here is one of the top quarterback recruits in the country out of Louisiana. Remember, his older brother played at St. Thomas More. Eli played at Zachary High School. Or plays at Zachary High School, rather. He's about to be a senior. And... He was, he was part of Jimbo's big recruiting class for 2023. It was a big get because Jimbo came into Louisiana and poached a guy away whole nine yards. Well, not only is this interesting to me for a multitude of reasons, A, because Eli Holstein decommitted from Texas A&M, and a few days after Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher get into what is the most hilarious, lame, mid-'90s rap beef of all time, and both sides go back and forth so much so that Greg Sankey has to step in to tell them both stop acting like children. Holstein makes the decision to, I'm committing to Alabama. And Arch Manning's apparently supposed to be going for a visit this weekend to Alabama. So did Holstein do this on purpose to be like, hey, I'm going to Alabama, Arch. You want to come too? You can. But you're going to have to compete with me for the job, and I have no desire to give it up to you. Like, because there's a little bit of competition there, and you will have people that say and will tell you that they believe Holstein is the better quarterback prospect than Arch Manning. I've had people tell me if Arch didn't have Manning on his the back of his jersey, we wouldn't be talking about him as much as we do. And that could be uh, very well true. Very well. The Newman quarterback could very well not be as good as Holstein. But I do find the timing of this interesting. Did it it have anything to do with the Jimbo Saban beef? Probably not. It had more to do with knowing that Arch was going in for a visit. I still think Texas is probably your front runner to get Arch Manning. Them or Georgia. I think Holstein going to Alabama is now has probably taken Arch Manning off the table for them. But I know LSU fans are going to be a little perturbed if they don't get Holstein or Arch and both of those guys leave the state to go play for future SEC teams. Because Texas is joining the SEC, don't forget. I would say this to LSU fans because I know some of them are irritated with the fact that it doesn't look like they're going to get Arch Manning or now they're not going to look get, get Holstein. You still got Walker Howard. And some people believe Walker, who of course is part of the 2022 class, enrolled early, the former STM Cougar, is better than Holstein and Manning. So you already got a plethora of great, young, talented, highly touted, high school quarterbacks will those guys turn out to be good college players we have no idea will they be developed and actually turned into something have no idea but 
when you're the state of Louisiana and you produce as much talent as this state does, you're not going to be able to sign everyone. I think this is less of a reflection on Brian Kelly and his ability to recruit. I think it's more of a reflection of the abundance of talent that the state of Louisiana produces now and has done so for the better part of the last 15 years, where you can make an argument it's right now right there near the tier of like California, Florida, and Texas. The Southeast in particular is producing a ton of talent. Louisiana is one of those states. And I think this is more of that. I think this is more of that. So we'll see. Once again, Holstein had been committed to A&M. He decommitted. Now he's committed to Alabama. Will that stick? Will that stick? Yes. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on a man who's been counting down the days because he's depressed that he's not going to be in a classroom for the summer. Our good friend, Jamie, a.k.a. Mr. Green. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Mr. Third. Two days left with kids. Magic number is two. And there, It's only so half I'm, days, and you still sound like death warmed over, by the way. <laughs> Look, man, this sinus infection, I don't know if it's allergies or what, but it's kicking my tail. <laughs> like, I sound like... I sound like I could be the base for, like, one of those 60s doo-wop groups, you know, and just rattle the Raptors. <sighs> one of those days. Look, I wanted to say, as far as as far as far college fans go, and I say this to my, my Tide fan friends, my LSU fan friends, man, let these kids make the decisions. Let them go where they want to go, and don't get so bent out of shape that somebody chooses one school over yours. It's not the end of the world. You still got good talent. You'll live. And for the foodie pool question of the week, man, give me some barbecue sausage with a little bit of dirty rice, some uh, potato salad on the side. You can never go wrong with the uh, grilled baked beans. Hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Oh, thank you, Jamie. Get to feeling better, bud. You're going to make it. Only two more half days to go, brother. You're going to be fine. You're going to make it. We're, we're, We're pulling for you. See? Sausage, that could be an option as well. I always get it when I go. When I get the two or three meat plate, I always add the sausage to it. You can barbecue anything. Keep those votes coming. Keep those comments coming on our poll question of the day. We got to take a timeout. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Me, oh my, barbecue on the brain. What am I going to be grilling up this weekend? Got to make decisions now. I mean, we came up with the foodie poll question of the week, which we do every Wednesday here in RP3 and Company, yet I haven't made my plans already for the weekend. Fail. Fail by me. Probably sleeping. Yes, that's a good possibility. Watch baseball, probably sleep. That's what I'll be doing. I'll be going to McNeese on Friday. Thursday is the Top Gun Maverick premiere at the Celebrity Theater, which I'll be attending. So will others, such as Hannah Five Names and Matt Miguez. Thursday, I'll have to be doing that. So we got to squeeze in some time this weekend for the wife because it's anniversary. Ten years. 
But our anniversary falls on the week during the week. So we're doing the Top Gun Maverick movie premiere Thursday, which is tomorrow. Our right tomorrow's Thursday, right? Correct. Yeah, there we go. I lost myself for a moment. So we got that, but that's not going to be our celebration for our anniversary. It's not how that's going to work. Friday, I got to go to McNeese. So I do believe Saturday, I think we've been talking about when you get married to a certain point, you're like, okay, how are we going to squeeze in this? How are we going to squeeze this? <laughs> you go, uh, okay, what's your schedule like? Okay, what's my, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's just get together this day. Yes. And we got married over a holiday weekend. And we did that because I had so many people coming in from out of state that had kids. So guys that were in my wedding, my groomsmen, I had one best man from Illinois, one best man from Indiana. I had co-best men. Then I had groomsmen from Illinois, Oklahoma. So, and they all had kids already. So getting them to come during the school year was an issue. So we made the decision to go, okay, I reached out to all my buddies. I was like, what about Memorial Day weekend? They're like, yeah, we can make that happen. I said, okay. And that's how it worked. Great that it's always a holiday weekend, right? Even though the day changes, it doesn't always fall on the weekend. Bad thing is hotel prices and people are all over the place for Memorial Day weekend. So it makes things a little bit more challenging. We didn't quite think that out. Ten years. She's put up with my mess for 10 years. I can't believe it. I can't believe hour number one's gone, but it is hour number two coming around the bin. Foodie poll question of the week. It's about barbecue, and we got so much more to talk about. It's all coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Oh, weather causing havoc in Hoover. We thought this was going to happen. I didn't expect it to happen as early as it has, but yet here we are. They got three games in yesterday at the SEC baseball tournament. Didn't get around to getting number four in. Ran out of time. So Auburn, Kentucky, in the single elimination portion of the tournament was not able to get in. That forces it to be pushed to this morning, which is great. But then they can only play a max of four games a day if conditions are ideal. They're at Hoover. So tonight's LSU game, which was supposed to be against the winner of Auburn, Kentucky, has been moved, pushed to Thursday morning. First pitch, 9.30, pregame beginning at 9. But that is still a fluid situation as well. 
Severe thunderstorms are supposed to be in the area today in Hoover and tomorrow in Hoover. How are you going to play baseball games in the storms? That's your problem. That's your problem. The storm system coming through. So we'll keep an eye on it because LSU was, is supposed to play tomorrow now at 9.30 in the morning. But will that get pushed even further back because of severe weather in Hoover today? Because you got to get the other games in. That's how that works. You got to get the other games in. So how are you going to do that? How are you possibly going to do that if you're dealing with severe weather throughout the area? So we'll keep you posted on that. As of right now, LSU will take on the winner of Auburn, Kentucky at 9.30 tomorrow morning. That means no footnotes with Kevin Foote as it stands right now. But that could change. That could change today. If they're not able to get in the four games they're supposed to get in, including one left over from yesterday, and then play three more today, then the Tigers aren't going to be playing at 9.30 in the morning on a Thursday. It'll probably get pushed back again, and then there's supposed to be even worse weather there on Thursday. We'll get an update on all things SEC tournament with Chris Blair, the voice of the Tigers. He'll join us at 8.30 this morning from Hoover. He's been there for a few days. He'll give us the lay of the land and give his impression on what's going on over there and if he thinks the Tigers will be even able to play come Thursday morning. So we'll see. We'll see if that actually takes place. Raging Cajuns are supposed to be playing South Alabama this afternoon. We'll keep you up to date on that as well. They're playing not that far away from Hoover in Montgomery, which is about an hour away. So... Are they going to get disrupted today because of the storm system? Will they be able to play this afternoon? Lots of things up in the air when it comes to that. Plus, today is obviously Wednesday, hump day, which means it's also our foodie poll question of the day. What's your go-to barbecue meat? Is it the brisket? Is it the chicken on the grill? Is it a pork steak? Is it shrimp? Huh? Which one is it? Is it sausage? Possibly. We want to hear from you. It's our foodie poll question of the day. But let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on, Reynolds, to the show. Reynolds, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? Good morning, good morning, good morning. I tell you what, uh, you were talking about your, your wedding anniversary, how you got married on a, 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 a holiday, right? Yes, sir. I just, uh, me and my wife just celebrated our 36th wedding anniversary yesterday and we got married on her birthday but so yeah i have a double whammy so if i forget either <laughs> one i'm screwed that's not and let me that's... let me tell you this every good woman makes man a better man that's true yeah i tell you what brisket is the way to go i'll take that nine times out of ten I tell you what's even better. Uh, we used to have family reunions, uh, Little Prairie, and my brother used to do a whole hog. He'd roast that thing on an open fire from five at night till seven the next morning, 
and he had a little contraption with a motor that would turn it, and he would bait it all night. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, old, old, old school Koshan Delay is what old you're saying. Old school, pull off the bone. Oh yeah, crispy ear, crispy skin. Man, you can't get better than that. Oh man, you're making me hungry, brother. You're making me hungry, Reno. I appreciate the phone call, bud. Enjoy your you day, have a my friend. Day. My man went Koshan Delay there. Oh man. I've been to the Koshan Delay Festival more than a few times. I used to live in a Vols Parish. Woo! Making me hungry. Making me hungry there. But yeah, brisket is pretty much my go to as well. You're like I go, I'll go to a restaurant, I'll try to get the two meat plate, brisket, sausage is what I like to get. My wife will get the pork steak and we always share. So she'll have some of mine, I'll have some of hers. That's how we tag team it. Let's head back out to the hotline. Welcome on Doug to the show. Doug, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, Ray. You know, all these dishes are good. They all sound good, you know. But for me, a drunk chicken, but you got to use the 10-ounce can of beer because that's, that's the one that fits better. Don't, don't try and push a 12-ounce can. No, you got to go you, you, you gotta go with the 10-ounce, bud. Yeah, the 10-ounce can, Ray. Trust me, I know. Uh, and fresh sausage, you know, and, and the regular stuff, you know, potato salad, rice dressing and stuff. That's all good, Ray. Now, Ray, I mean, you should be working for uh, the Psychic Hotline. I mean, you called it all morning long yesterday morning. Rain, rain, rain. And sure enough, there was a bunch of it. I kept going back and forth from the SEC network to uh, the weather radar, hoping we could get a break, you know. And this could be good for the Tigers, Ray, resting them arms. Yep. Uh, here you should be able to get the start. I really think he should get the start. Yeah, because he's if if they play Thursday morning, that'll be a full week for him because he pitched last Thursday. So yep. he'd get he he he'd, he'd have the full week off. Yeah, he'd have the full week of rest. So I, I yeah. think it could be an, an advantage to them. I do worry about them trying to get all the games in because if they lose, and Doug, let me ask you this: How many games? will they have to lose due to weather before the tournament goes, okay, we're going to get rid of double elimination, we're going to go single elimination, or do you think they can squeeze in the games by just going seven innings the rest of the way? No, no, Ray, I think I think you're right. I mean, if you lose all of the games today, they're going to have to go to single elimination. And I, I, I thought that was a brilliant idea on your part. Single elimination from now on, that's about the only way they're going to get uh, this tournament in. It feels that way, brother, because it's supposed to be bad weather on Thursday, too. But I appreciate yep. the phone call, bud. Enjoy the day. And uh, hopefully you don't have to wait too long to, to, to hear the Tigers on, I, on our airwaves, brother. I know. I know. Thank you, Ray. Have a great day, bud. So, yeah. It, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this works out. You know, Doug says, hey, you could just go single elimination. I, I, I mentioned that. I know they don't want that, right? It, it, this is why they have their tournament set up the way they do. They would prefer not to have to go and get rid of the double elimination format because they'd like to keep it. I get it. I understand. I really do. I, I understand what you're doing. But you're going to run out of time. And maybe the NCAA could grant them another day to get all the games in. But if they, if the worst case scenario is that if all the games get washed today, 
because then you still haven't played all your single elimination games. Let's say they can't play a single game today in Hoover. That means you're still trying to start your single elimination portion of the tournament. The earliest would be maybe Thursday. You're 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 putting yourself up in a in a bad position. A, a real bad position here if you can't get the games in. Now, once again, the weather could drastically change. We see this happen all the time where it changes, it changes, it changes. So maybe it will. Maybe the weather won't be as bad. Maybe they'll get a reprieve and they can actually, but you knew it was a bad sign before they even played yesterday in the single elimination format where the tarp was on the field for a couple hours. Like I saw that and I was like, oh, that's not great. <laughs> that's 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 bad. Now, for the Sunbelt Conference, they did get in single elimination games yesterday over in Montgomery. They were able to do that. ULM defeated Georgia State 8-5 to in the first game. And then App State beat Little Rock 10-3. to ULM's the 10 seed. App State's the 9 seed. So the single elimination portion of the tournament is over for the Sun Belt. They were able to get those two games in yesterday. And they were able to get them in because they only had two. That's the big part. So now, slated for Wednesday, weather permitting for the Sun Belt Conference home of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Troy's taking on Coastal Carolina. That's supposed to be happening at 9 o'clock. Then App State, who just played yesterday, taking on 2C Georgia Southern at 12.30. Then it's supposed to be South Alabama versus UL at 4 o'clock. And then the nightcap is... ULM versus Texas State at 7.30. Once again, Montgomery, Hoover, about an hour apart. That storm system is so massive, I would expect the Sun Belt to have some delays as well today. But once again, storm systems can be funny. And you never do know what you can expect, but the Sun Belt has four games slated for today as well. Will they get those games in? Can they get those games in? We'll see what happens. We'll keep you monitored for both of what's happening at the Sun Belt Conference Tournament and what's happening at the SEC Tournament because it's going to be intriguing. It's going to be fascinating to see if they're going to be able to get the games in today and tomorrow. Those are your big question marks here because of the weather. Don't forget about our foodie poll question of the week. What's your favorite barbecue meat? Right now, the initial poll question, 40% of you say beef brisket. 32% say ribs, beef, or pork. It does not matter. 19% say pulled pork. 9% of you say chicken. JPK, the OD, says honorable mention for my Easter smoked ham. It was pretty epic. My man is just flexing up. I'm here for it. The braggadocious nature all day long. Hart has chimed in with something. Uh Uh-oh, what is this? For anyone who's never got to experience the joy of a chicken dragon egg, please do yourself a favor and look up recipe and cook this. Barbecue chicken breast stuffed with jalapenos and cream cheese wrapped in bacon. Chef's kiss. 
dang it, Hart, you're doing it again. <laughs> He's doing it again. Doing it again. Oh, that that looks that looks absolutely phenomenal. That look, oh man, I need to. I'm gonna save this photo <laughs> that Hart shared so I can show it to my wife and be like, "Can we make this on a cheat day, please?" That this would be amazing. Brad on Twitter has chimed in: ribeye with bacon wrapped jalapenos stuffed with sausage, baked beans, and garlic French bread on the side. Usually throw in hot dogs or burgers for the kids. Well, that, that, there you go. Barbecue burgers and hot dogs all day long. David Ackman says a little bit of everything, and my man showed a picture of a little bit of everything. Chicken, sausage. What else he's got on here? This looks amazing. Oh, is that macaroni and cheese that he's cooking up on the grill, too, in a pan? Oh, my goodness. He's got jalapeno wrapped in bacon. He's got his mushrooms. He's got different types of sausage on there. Chicken. Oh, goodness. Shout out. David, when are you going to have us over to the, the crib, bud? Let's make that happen. Quentin Fuselay says, I chose brisket only because tri-tip of sirloin wasn't an option. It's the most slept-on cut of beef out there. Ooh, Quentin with a with a good I, – I, I, I love the food poll question of the week. Yes, you guys never disappoint. You never disappoint me, our listeners. Also, in the additional poll choices that I brought to the table for our poll question, because we wanted to give people more choices, pork steak is got 56% of the vote. 44% of the vote is going to shrimp. Keep those votes coming on our foodie poll question of the week. And you know what? Keep those comments coming as well. You guys are absolutely killing it today with this, with the recommendations. Give me all types of ideas for what I need to do this Memorial Day weekend where I have to make sure to squeeze in an anniversary celebration as well and a child's birthday party for one of Hattie's friends. (laughs) There's a lot to get to and covering McNeese and a movie premiere. Over on the Facebook Martin says, definitely brisket, but as we begin our day, let us keep in mind and uh, say a prayer for all the parents of all the kids that were lost yesterday. Yes, absolutely. Hug your loved ones. You're not wrong about that. Thomas already said, barbecue beer, canned chicken. Julie says, brisket. Craig Allen Wall says, pork ribs. And some producer extraordinaire named Hannah Five Names has chimed in with pork butt with nacho cheese and some hint of lime tostita chips. I do like lime tostito chips, by the way. Those are really good. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. I hear the thunder boomers outside. Make sure you're careful out there during your morning commute. I know school is wrapping up today in a lot of places or this week. I know my daughter only has a half day. Many of you guys are out there taking your daughters to school. Many of you are commuting to work. Make sure you're safe out there on the roadways in this severe weather this morning here in Acadiana. we got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, NBA playoffs, Western Conference Finals, Golden State was looking to sweep Dallas out of the playoffs. Luka and company said not so fast. We'll recap that coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. 
There are two types of sports reporters. Those who are respected for their ability at building relationships with coaches and players. And here's our game plan. Then there are those whose method of reporting is getting hammered with a college football team and Pat O's. We're going streaking! We'll let you guess which one RP3 is. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 104.1 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with tickets to go see the Houston Astros play. You want to go see the Strohs play, one of the hottest teams in baseball. We want to make that happen. Look, we know gas prices are, let's be honest, Paul Bone right now. It's hard in your wallet. turn your back pocket. I got it. And you're thinking to yourself, RP3, if only gas prices were a little bit lower, I could afford to go buy some tickets and go see the Strohs play one weekend in Houston. You know, get myself a hotel room, take the family, or me and the fellas could go have a guy's weekend. But I can't do it right now because of gas. I got you. Here's what we're going to do for you. You become a member of our rewards club. You'll have the chance to enter to win our latest Astros weekend getaway Here's what you're going to get. You're going to see the Strohs take on the Chicago White Sox. The Southsiders come to town on June 18th, Saturday, June 18th. We're going to give you four tickets, four. I'm throwing up the four here on the simulcast like old school four horsemen. That's a wrestling reference. Going to give you four tickets to see the Strohs take on the Chicago White Sox. We're going to hook you up with a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark and... We're thrown in a hotel room as well. You only have to get you only have to figure out the money to get there. Get your buddies involved. Everyone chip in on gas. Make your way over to H Town. See the Strohs take on the White Sox Saturday, June 18th. We're gonna put you up in a hotel room as well. Give you a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark. It's our latest Astros weekend getaway. But you can only win it by becoming a member of our clubhouse today, so go sign up. It's free to do so. Astro Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, La Meridian, Houston, downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. I love going to see Astro games. I'm not an Astros fan, but I love going to Astros games. I usually go to at least one a year, sometimes two. Sometimes they get ambitious. And a buddy of mine will then head over and try to go to a Rangers game and an Astros game. I'm a diehard Atlanta Braves fan, but I love baseball and love watching baseball in person. Love it. Can't wait to go again. Maybe I'll go in a couple weeks. We'll see. We'll see. Let's talk a little NBA playoffs. Golden State Warriors were one win away from sweeping the Dallas Mavericks in the Western Conference Finals and punching their ticket to the NBA Finals. But just like Dallas had done its previous two playoff series, it finds a way to stave off elimination. Now, coming back from a 3-0 hole, that's going to be probably, I'm not going to lie to you, probably nearly impossible. But they took a step in that direction last night in Dallas as the Mavericks defeated the Warriors 119-109. to They take game four. 
They keep their playoff hopes alive. And we talked about them needing more help than just Luka and Brunson, right? Luka's amazing. Top five player in this league already. He had 30 points. 10 to 26, three from 11 from three-point range. Not wildly efficient percentage-wise, but he paced the team. Brunson chipped in 15. That's great. Who else stepped up, though? In a game that was slightly halted due to rain on the floor there at the American Airlines Arena. That's right. They had a leak. Well, Finney steps up, drops 23. Bullock steps up, drops 18. And they got Keebler to come off the bench with 13 and Dinwiddie to come off the bench and give them 10. They had six players scoring double figures. It just wasn't Luka. Hey, when multiple guys step up and help with the scoring responsibilities, Dallas can win. Now, do I think they can sustain that for the rest of the series and win this series and come back from three games down? Nope. But it's good to show, it's good to see, rather, that the Mavs showed some fight, didn't just roll over and let Golden State sweep them out the door. Steph Curry, 7-16 from the field, only 2-5 for from three-point range. Clay, 5-10 from the field, 2-6 for from three-point range. They only combined for 32 points together. Wiggins had 13, but it wasn't nearly enough as the Mavericks win 119-109. to This series now goes back to Golden State. And I would expect the Dubs to maybe close things out. Get the old school, what we call the gentleman's sweep in five games. Because they know that Miami-Boston is more than likely going to be a dogfight the rest of the way. That series is tied up 2-2. There's nothing indicating that that series won't go 7. But it's at least going 6. And if you're Golden State because you got the old heads on the team, you would love to have that extra time off to rest the old bones. More NBA action tonight. Eastern Conference Finals. That series, as I said, is tied 2-2. Boston is taking on Miami down in South Beach. Winner of this game is going to win the series. I just just feel that way. If there's a time to sneak a game, it'd be for Boston to sneak this game on the road, win two in a row, and take advantage in the series. Miami looked tired in game four. They looked beat up. Kyle Lowry is not 100%. Jimmy Butler is not 100%. Tyler Hero could not play in the last game. We do not know his status for tonight's game. That will more than likely be a game-time decision. But we'll see. We'll see what happens there. And can Miami respond by bouncing back in a big way in winning tonight's game to take advantage of the series? Because so far it's been... Miami, Boston, Miami, Boston. So we'll see. Eastern Conference Finals cranks back up tonight. 7.30 will be tip-off between Boston and Miami. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, Brandon Williams from KBLPC out of Lake Charles will join us. We're going to talk all things McNeese. That's coming up next right here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.
You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the Houston Astros in southwest Louisiana. I got two tickets to give away for Downtown Rising featuring the Cold War kids. We gave away tickets all last week. We're giving away tickets all this week. You want to go see the Cold War kids as the headliners of Downtown Rising? I got two tickets for you. You know the drill. You call us up on the game hotline, 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. First person with the correct answer is going to be put in the system. You're going to win two tickets to Downtown Rising. Here is your trivia question of the day to win those tickets to Downtown Rising. It's LSU-related. What year did LSU win its first SEC baseball tournament? What year did the LSU Tigers win their first SEC baseball tournament? That's our trivia question of the day. First one to call the hotline, 337-706-0111 with the correct answer. What was the first year that the LSU baseball team won its first SEC baseball tournament? We'll win a pair of tickets to downtown rising, see the Cold War kids perform. But right now, it's time for us to welcome on our first guest of today's RP3 and Company. He's the award-winning sports reporter, for KPLC 7 in Lake Charles. It's the one and only Mr. Brandon Williams. Brandon, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good, right, man. How about yourself, man? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. So let's let's get right to it. This McNeese baseball team, which you've been covering from the very beginning of the season, things were rough for a good portion of the first half of the season, and it was even rough to start off conference play where they were dropping their first two of their first three series in Southland play. What was the big turning point in your opinion for Justin Hill's team? I feel like the big turning point was just them coming together really and trying to really find themselves after losing so much leadership last year that had to deal with the whole crazy situation in 2020 with in the season canceled and then being able to return all of those uh, people again last season because of uh, the rule that the NCAA had handed down saying that, you know, they could get another year of eligibility. So having that veteran presence really played a big part in them last season. But this year they kind of had to just figure it out. And with a lot of new young players, you know, on this squad and with a lot of, you know, uncertainty about like who's going to be the guy I think it's just been a matter of them just trying to you know grow up together and figure it out honestly um you had veterans like Cameron Foster and then you got Peyton Harden who's been handling business and at center field and has been handling handling his business in the batter's box too all season long it pretty much feels like I feel like those guys and um, a few of the newcomers have really stepped up and uh, Coach Hill and his experience, you know, at this stage of the game. It's like this team just hits a different switch when they know that they have to get together sooner now rather than later. And that's something that I asked Coach Hill at one point during the uh, 
regular season too is that you know do you feel like having a, a sense of urgency now to win these games is going to help in the long run and Lo and behold, it did, and here we are with them having the regular season crown and about to compete for another conference title. I want to talk about the pitching, uh, Brandon, because they lost, you know, Will, who got drafted. Mm -hmm. And that, for a program usually from the Southland Conference, to lose a guy like that, it's usually a huge hit to their success. And it usually takes them a couple years to bounce back they don't have a guy on staff that you could argue is as good or as talented or maybe has next-level stuff that Will did, but they've been able to figure this out with the pitching staff in particular, how well the bullpen's been, right? Oh, yeah, for sure, absolutely. I mean, you know, the bullpen has definitely had its bright moments over the course of the season, and the most steady one has been Cameron Foster. He leads the conference in saves with 12. And and also leads the conference in strikeouts with 74, and it's 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 just his veteran savvy, I believe, and being that closing, being in that closer role, has really you know helped them out, especially in games where they have a lead or in games where they may be down by one and they need to get an opportunity to just you know get another chance to bat. And another guy who I'm, I've really been impressed with, who I feel like um, takes advantage of all of his opportunities is Tyler Stone coming out of the bullpen in their last win against, uh, against UIW to get to the uh, championship series. He pitched only three innings, but some of the stuff that he pitched himself out of was absolutely Will Dion esque in a sense where he retired the side with the bases loaded and then, you know, closing it out in the uh, top of the ninth, striking out the last two, I believe. He's, he's, he's got some stuff. That he got, he's got some stuff, too. Now, one person that we um, have seen flashes from, but I feel like it needs to take another step in the right direction, is Grant Rogers. I mean, the kid is just a sophomore, six foot seven, has a good arm, and has the length, too, to be able to throw from those different angles that makes it hard for his opponents to kind of gauge what kind of uh, pitch he's throwing at them. But I feel like he's going to be uh, definitely a problem to deal with for some years to come in the Southland. You know what also stood out to me? You mentioned the Southland Conference Player of the Year, and he's a veteran guy in that lineup. But this lineup has developed to the point, Brandon, where it's so deep and so talented that you and I watched a game on Friday there at the Joe where the Conference Player of the Year didn't get a hit, and it didn't matter. Like, they still were able to win comfortably. Just how deep is this lineup? The lineup is going is, – it's, it's pretty solid, I will say. You know, even though uh, they don't necessarily have the, the Fizzbacks of the world or the Raspberries um, anymore, they have just they figured out a way to do it. And the impressive thing about uh, Harden is that, you know, everybody always wants to point out, you know, the guy's size and his stature and everything like that. But the guy just just has a knack for figuring out a way to just get the timely hit when you have to. And then you have Brad Burkell, who him and Harden are top three right now in batting average in the Southland. So it's, 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 it's awesome. And then Brayden Duhon, he's definitely stepped up into that leadoff batter role and taking full advantage of that opportunity and then holding it down in right field as well. 
he's been a definitely a good addition to the uh the, the lineup. And then Cade Hunter, definitely a power hitter. And then you got Andrew Gonzalez, who just recently came on and showed that, you know, he's got some stuff too. And then you got Cade Morris, who was on that team last season. And I feel like he's definitely grown up as well before our very eyes. Um, I feel like they're, they're, they're very deep because all these guys have the ability to hit. And another thing that kind of helps, you know, swing the momentum in their favor when they have to get a timely hit is when they're able to get people on base. They, that's a department in which they are number one in the Southland um, as well as on base percentage. So if they're able to get at least two guys on base and have the opportunity to bring a good hitter into the box to go for a game winner, which they have done numerous times throughout this season, I feel like it's going to definitely be um, an added advantage for them. And another thing about the Southland player of the year, I've seen it all tournament long. And he just gets on first base. The pitchers are going to pick at him. Yeah, they're going to pick at him and try to get him off his rocker. But they are never able to get him out, and that's because one, he is fast. Like he's a blur. <laughs> if, I, if I had a nickname to give that guy, he's a blur. It's like you think he's there one second, and then by the time you you realize it, he's already at second base and maybe on on, on his way to third. We're talking with Brandon Williams. He's the award-winning sports reporter for KPLC 7 there in Lake Charles. We're talking all things McNeese. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. Let's go back to Friday night, Brandon. It was an emotional night for for Justin Hill, the, the longtime skipper for the Cowboys. He passes the late, great Tony Robichaux for most wins all time. And you and I were talking to him there in the dugout afterwards, and you could tell – he is immensely humbled by being even mentioned in the same breath with Tony, and he kept trying to deflect our questions to say, well, it's just great for us to be able to talk about Tony. Uh, just how big of a milestone, how big of a deal is it that he passed Tony Robichaux? It's a, it's a pretty big deal, you know, because Coach Hill has definitely, you know, been around for a long time, and he's had stops at, a lot of a lot of schools in in the Southland as an assistant, and uh, you know he's a he's an LSU guy, uh, played over there, so he definitely knows what, what what he's talking about when it comes to you know you know the X's and O's of baseball and everything like that. Um, he is definitely one of those types of people where um, even though we come to him for a lot of the uh, questions about you know what's going on with the team and you know how do you feel like they perform in this way during the game and that way during the game. He's always trying to uh, make it about, you know, others and not necessarily himself, even though he is a big part of the success of the program and the just continuous reloading that they seem to be doing every single year and constantly being in these positions to uh, compete for championships. I honestly say that every time, you know, uh, basketball season ends, I look forward to baseball season to come around. I'm like, baseball season can't come around fast enough. I can't wait to talk to Coach Hill to, you know, see what he has coming up for us this season. Him, the post is going to do something great. And lo and behold, he, it, it just, he just seems to never let us down. And his team just always seems to find a way to win. One of the most humble people that you'll ever meet. And, you know, I feel like he doesn't necessarily get enough credit because his players absolutely love him. They do. And 
Um, I feel like, you know, the, the, the way he's been able to do, especially with, you know, having to adjust in that crazy season last year with dealing with the Hurricanes and then going on to win another conference title, it was looking kind of, you know, bleak at one point, even in that season. But, again, Coach Hill and the guys just figured out a way, and he just continues to show why he's one of the top coaches in not only in the state of Louisiana, but in this entire region as well. That's also why his name is starting to be mentioned for other <laughs> vacancies, not only in the state, but elsewhere as well. When you start having that kind of oh, consistent yeah. amount of success, uh, other teams and other programs are going to take notice. Let's talk about this weekend, bud. Three-game series, could be a three-game series, best two out of three, championship series. One seed McNeese taking on two seed Southeastern. The Lions win in dramatic fashion against the UNO Privateers over in Hammond in that portion of the bracket. These two teams met. McNeese took all three, and that was a big part of their turnaround there in conference play. But, man, it's hard to beat a team five straight times. I know Justin Hill says this is going to be a dogfight. How big of a deal, how great of a series do you think this is going to be starting tomorrow night in Lake Charles? It's absolutely going to be a huge deal. And one thing's for sure, Polk Nation is going to show up and show out. Um, it just seems like every time these two teams meet up, it's always good baseball, no matter how you slice it. And another thing that um, was impressive about the Lions and their uh, winning those five games and then putting up 20-plus runs on, on, on UNO to – Punch the ticket to the uh, finals. I I never ever. Well, no. Let me let me let, let me not lie. I have seen it one one once before, but it was high school baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Collegiate baseball is a totally different thing, and for them to do what they did, it's like a switch um, went off in that team, and now they have another opportunity to play against McNeese, which, as I said, is always a good um, series and a good game to watch. But for like like you said, this rivalry is it's, it's the premier rivalry to see when it comes to South and Conference baseball. Um, and the McNeese, you know, they know that they're going to come in here, you know, hungry, trying to knock them off and um, to spoil the whole uh, pageantry of having the championship series in Lake Charles for the first time in school history which is another thing that we definitely have to take note of. Um, just, and just just that part alone just gives McNeese motivation, but it also gives uh, Southeastern motivation to knock them off on their home turf, which they have not been able to do much in recent memory because this team has just constantly figured out a way. Even in the uh, second game of, their, of the last time that they played, I remember it, they were down – and they just figured out a way to score. I think it was four runs in the bottom of the ninth to walk it off. And the savviness of this team in the box in those types of moments is what I like to watch, and it's what I like to cover. Um, this, this series is definitely going to be one where you're going to get your money's worth now. I can't necessarily tell you, you know, what, what the tail of the tape is going to be. All I can say is that, you know, Buckle up and hold on tight because you have uh, Rodgers. He's going to be throwing on Thursday. And last time out, 
he did he he got off to a, to a, to an okay start. But I think this time around he'll take a different step into a different direction to show that he can really be that dominant starter for them to help them get off to a good start. Because one thing that um, Rogers had told us in his media availability was that you know you have to hit your spots, and if you don't hit your spots against this team, they're going to punish you. And that was clearly evident in their last win to punch their ticket into the championship series. Now, for McNeese, they're going to have to be solid in their pitching as well as their batting. And um, defensively, they're just going to have to be on their P's and Q's. Brandon, appreciate your time as always, brother. Tell the folks where they can follow you, how they can follow you rather on social media and get all the updates about McNeese and all the other coverage you're providing the folks over there in Lake Charles. Yes, for sure. You guys can uh, find me on the social media at B Will Media. That's on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also follow uh, the KPLC 7 Sports page on Twitter at KPLC 7 Sports. We will have highlights and, and all the coverage that you need for this series upcoming on Thursday. Follow us and we'll be sure to keep you up to date. Brandon, appreciate your time, brother, so much. I'll, I'll see you out at the Joe this weekend, bud. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for the opportunity. That's Brandon Williams, the award-winning sports reporter for KPLC 7 in Lake Charles, breaking down all things Manise baseball for us. we got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up as we close out our number two here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Lafayette Marble and Granite is the South's largest cultured marble factory, and they pride themselves on earning your business. Look, LMG, you already know, they provide show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens and your bathrooms. But did you know they can also take your outdoor living spaces, your man caves, and transform them into the envy of your neighborhood during game days in the fall? Yes, they can. Visit their website, lmgelite.com. That's lmgelite.com to learn more about all the sensational services and the great products that Lafayette Marble and Granite has to offer. Live inventory is updated every Wednesday. By the way, that's today. Visit lmgelite.com. That's lmgelite.com. Or stop by their showroom located right there on I-49 North across from Hub City Ford. Lafayette Marble and Granite. They're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. While we have a second here, let's check in on the poll question of the day. It's our foodie poll question of the week. Holiday weekend coming up. Lots of barbecues going to be on the grill. What's your favorite barbecue meat? Right now, leading the vote, 39% of you are saying beef brisket. 27% say ribs, beef, or pork. It does not matter. 21% say pulled pork. 13% of you say old school barbecue chicken. JPK, the OD, just keeps sharing food photos on our timeline. I'm here for it. He's making me hungry, though. Cornish game hens on baby apple juice cans covered with slap cut applewood smoked bacon. I can do this all day. Yes, you can. Keep it up, JPK, the OD. Oh, I've been triggered. How about some pork belly? Oh, this man is just flooding the timeline with food photos. JPK, the OD, is trying to be the MVP today of our poll question. Leftover brisket Sammy's on King Hawaiian mini buns. My man, are you a professional chef? Steve is sharing photos of barbecued shrimp. Game changer. Love barbecued shrimp. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. I also chimed in as well. 
If you want to vote for pork steak or shrimp, you can do so as well. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Hour number two is now in the books. Hour number three coming up. We're going to talk all things college football with our good friend Bill Bender from the Sporting News. He'll join us live next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Oh, welcome back on this rainy Wednesday morning here of RP3 and Company. I'm your host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. I'm joined in the studio by the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and our intern extraordinaire, Mr. Daryl, up in the building. Now, we've had a great show so far. It's about to get better. Coming up half an hour from right now, the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair, will be joining us live from Hoover, where it's, well, nothing but rain over there as well. The LSU baseball game that was supposed to be tonight has now been pushed to Thursday morning. I would anticipate it being pushed again. The storm system that's coming through the south is very severe. SEC tournament could not get all of their single elimination games in. Auburn, Kentucky was not able to be played yesterday. That's been pushed to today, which pushed the LSU game, because they were playing the winner of that game, to Thursday. But severe weather, severe thunderstorms, supposed to be in Hoover today and Thursday morning. So... We'll keep you abreast of the situation. Chris Blair, live from Hoover, will be joining us in half an hour from right now. Don't forget to also vote on our poll question of the day. It's our foodie poll question of the week. What's your go-to barbecue meat dish? Is it brisket? Is it ribs? Is it barbecue chicken? Is it pork steak? We want to hear from you. Go vote on our foodie poll question of the week. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. No need to get salty out there. Also, congratulations to Jamie Angel from Lafayette. He was our winner of our trivia question of the day. He got two tickets to go see Downtown Rising featuring the Cold War kids coming up. Two tickets because Jamie correctly answered our trivia question this morning, which was what year did LSU win its first SEC baseball tournament? It was the great 1986 team. That team not only won the SEC tournament, but went on to win the NCAA regional for a first time ever and went to the College World Series under the legendary coach Skip Bertman. So congratulations to Jamie Angel for winning those two tickets to downtown rising this morning. But right now it's time for us to talk a little college football, and we do so with one of the best guys in the business, the award-winning columnist reporter for the sporting news our good friend bill bender bill good morning to you brother how are you my friend hey i'm doing well thanks for having me on appreciate you making the time and look i thought we would take some time off from college football talking about the sport but then 
Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher decided to have an old school mid 90s rap beef in the public forum, Bill, <laughs> about NIL and so much more. My first question to you is this What did you make of Saban's comments overall? Just not the little sound bites about Texas AM, but overall what he had to say about the state of college football. Um, you know, I mean, he just went about it the wrong way. He had made great points. I mean, the collectives are an issue in the sport right now. Um, transfer portal is an issue in the sport right now. It's just where he made a mistake is if he didn't say Texas A&M and Jackson State some specific schools and said they bought players, then then he would have – it probably would have just came and went. So I'm wondering if this was by design or not, whether or not he uh, – did that on purpose so it would become a story. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, Saban is going to get what he – I don't know if he'll get what he wants, but he, when, in, when he speaks out on things like this, he's generally right, but people don't take him seriously because it's his machine that's dominated the sport for the last decade. Yeah, there is some truth to that, right? Because he has spoken out about things, and they tend to become reality. And he – Sends, it tends to send warning signs up about things. And there is a big concern about the collectives. How in the world, Bill, can the NCAA even step in and help with this if they can step in at all? I mean, they could regulate it. They could put a cap on the amount a student athlete could make. I mean, that would be one thing they could do. And that would get some pushback. But, you know, the NFL has a salary cap. I mean, that's what they could use as one example. Um, they they could make student-athletes, uh, they could re- restrict the transfer portal again. They could make it so you have to sit out a year. That way, NIL doesn't become tied with the transfer portal, which, you know, the Jordan Addison situation, everything that happened there, another ugly side of this. Um, you know, things like that. But it be tough because they've let it go, the market go unchecked for a year, and or they could wait for a correction in the market, which I wouldn't wait on that, though. I think there's no guarantees on that because it's college football and people do a lot of crazy things for the sport. Yeah, and people love spending money, right? And, and that's the other thing. I mean, once once that door was open, there was not uh, any hesitation by whether it was collectives or lawyers or car dealerships or whoever it might be. People had no problems writing checks for NIL deals for athletes uh, across the board here. I just don't see a scenario where you're going to be able to put the genie back in the bottle, right? I mean, because like you said, they're going to push back, and there's going to be a ton of pushback if you're going to say, hey, it has to be regulated doing this, this, and this. The NCAA doesn't have any teeth anyway. I just don't see a scenario where they're going to be able to make this happen, Bill. I could be wrong, though. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that's it's going to be tough, but... You know, also, college, the, the Power Five schools, I mean, some of them could go off and do their own thing. And that's been talked about here for a while. And if they did, I mean, if they did, um, kind of make their own rules up if they, if they go. And there could be some sort of collective bargaining with name, image, and likeness and the collectives and even the pay-to-play question that comes next. So, I mean, all of those things are on the table. I mean, quite honestly, I still, you know, I don't care that much about nil i know that's a it just i think it's good for student athletes it has programs are going to have to adjust and uh if they don't they'll be left behind let me ask you this 
And I agree with you. It doesn't impact me. Uh, it doesn't bother me, the NIL situation. And uh, and for me, though, I, I look at it, uh, I, I found it to be, you know, having Saban and Jimbo kind of go back and forth. I just found that to be amusing because here's grown men, national championship winning coaches uh, uh, fighting over, let's be honest, kind of some some silliness there between the two. Let me ask you about Jimbo, though. Is pressure building in College Station around him? Because I, I can never get a good read on this because I know how much money they've invested in the program since he's been there, how much money they've invested in him. They've had one really good year, almost a great year, but no championships to speak of. Uh, when are we going to get to the point where maybe pressure's building on Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M? Well, I mean, it's now. They, they, when you put up that much money, for a coach that won a national championship at Florida State, when you have the recruiting classes that he has won, I mean, maybe that's part of it. But I think he was more defending the way that they did that. And, you know, there there was nothing illegal done. Like he said, only one of those recruits has an NIL deal. So it's not like it's that. But I think it just – I think for, for Jimbo, yeah, the, the pressure's on. They've been close to the playoffs, but last year they beat Alabama, and they also lost four games. So, you know, which which Jimbo Fisher, which Texas A&M team are we going to get this year? And, and further to that, they haven't won a national championship since 1939. That's a very impatient program right now. <laughs> that that's fair. Who's yeah? They're they're impatient as uh, yeah. They're, yeah, that's that's a pretty good point there. We're talking with Bill Bender, our friend from the Sporting News, award-winning columnist and reporter. Uh, what do you make of these rumors coming out or these reports coming out that? Uh, when the SEC uh, holds their meetings there in Destin, that they're going to talk about having their own playoff. Is that just is that just smoke, so to speak? Maybe. I mean, their scheduling is going to be a, a popular topic this weekend. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what comes of it. But I, I think um, there points to they're probably going to revamp the schedule, and it sounds like the the con- conference is considering a, a three six model. And having nine conference games, they should have nine conference games. I, I, I had this debate with my editor, who's a Vanderbilt grad, yesterday, and said, you know, they've got to protect the bottom eight or the top eight. I said, no, just tell the bottom eight to grow up and get rid of that FCS weekend. Stop trying to pass that off as a football weekend. Play nine conference games and uh, go from there. And I get that the SEC is the toughest conference in college football, but you know, if the playoffs expands, more teams can get in anyway. Let me ask you this. When you look at the the landscape of the SEC, you know, what we focus so much on Georgia because of the defending champs and Bama with Saban and Jimbo at A&M, Brian Kelly's making waves at uh, here at LSU, and some expectations are starting to be uh, on the rise here. Uh, is, is Florida and Billy Napier kind of under the radar in, in all of this? And, and should we be paying more attention to what the former Raging Cajun coach is going to be doing down in Gainesville? Absolutely. I mean, that's a great point because if you look, I, you know, I started piecing together our 1 to 130 rankings, coach rankings for uh, Sporting News, and I do those every year. Or I guess it's 1 to 131 this year. And, and Billy Napier, the last three years, was great. And Knowing that, he has a, a winning I'm, – I'm trying to look it up right now just so I can tell you. Um, so the last three years, Billy Napier has 
percentage of I can't pull it up, but it's 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 in the realm of the uh, at eight sixty eight. So that's in the realm of the the top seven coaches in the country, guys like Nick Saban, Sweeney, Kirby Smart, Ryan Day, that have that eight fifty winning percentage or more the last three years. So yeah, I think Florida made a, a really good hire there. I don't know if it'll happen overnight, but I think their offense needed to look how what he'll do with Anthony Richardson ought to be pretty good, and their defense has a lot of talent. So uh, yeah, he's one of those guys that I definitely think will do a nice job there, and we were kind of. Well, I mean, we're kind of overlooking him a little bit. Bill, let me ask you this. Uh, you had a recent article, and I want to ask you about the five best bets to make the college football playoff for the first time in 2022. You know, break this down for me. Where did you get the inspiration for this, and why did you decide on the five teams that you selected? Well, I mean, it, it was pretty easy to come up with the teams because those, those are the five that will be ranked in that neighborhood. Um we do that article every year. Uh, there, there's only been 13 teams to make the playoff in eight seasons. So, you know, last year we had some new blood with Michigan and Cincinnati. It was pretty cool. It uh, didn't last long, but, I mean, they at least they got in, and they can build off that. So, yeah, I think Texas A&M, Utah, Ole Miss, um, USC is obviously getting a ton of attention as one of those teams that could uh, break through and finally get to the playoff with, with everything that Lincoln Riley's added. But, all of those teams, Baylor was the other one. Well, all of those teams have something that's holding them back a little bit. And that's why, you know, the same old, same old will probably get in the playoff. But, you know, you got to try to find a couple that I think Texas A&M, who we've talked about a lot, is that one team that would, would make the most sense. You also, uh, you mentioned Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin. Uh, he's been able to kind of turn things around and, has turned this uh, program around pretty quickly. We know how good of a recruiter he is and what a great offensive mind he is. Is the defense the thing, the one thing that may hold them back, the Rebels, yes or no? Probably. But, I mean, you know, that, that could be a little bit better on that side of the ball. They, they're going to be pretty good on the offensive side with uh, new quarterback Jackson Dart. Zachary Evans, I think, is going to have a big year of the uh, TCU transfer of running back. But, yeah, they're going to have to get some stops at some point. And uh, there's still a team that's going to be in the mix in the SEC West. I think Lane's done a fantastic job the last few seasons. They just they got to take that next step. All right, bud, I'll get you out of here with this because we're so close to it, the Arch Manning sweepstakes. It's you know something that we constantly are, are, are discussing and, and talking about. And, and you wrote about you know uh, Caleb Holstein, uh, the Zachary quarterback here from the state who's battling Manning to be the best quarterback out of Louisiana for the 2023 class. You know, you mentioned how this impacts what happens with Arch Manning now in Alabama because Holstein committed to Alabama yesterday. From afar, where do you see Arch Manning possibly going? I think he's going to come down to Georgia and Texas now. I mean, Alabama, I suppose, could take him, but as we wrote, I mean, taking Holstein's probably a sign that. They're not counting on Arch, or they're not going to wait on Arch. Um, I think Georgia would be a good place for him. I think uh, Texas, there'd be a lot of pressure playing there, but in another wet light, there'd be be a good offense for him to play in and, and be exciting to have Arch at Texas for three years. So I think those are the two that, that are probably the best bets. I'm not going to rule out like an LSU or Florida or Ole Miss or anything like that based on the ties, but right now it seems like it's a Georgia or Texas type deal. 
Bill, appreciate your time as always, brother. Thank you so much for it. We'll talk to you soon, bud, and enjoy your summer. And no problem. Thanks for having me on. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. That's Bill Bender from the Sporting News joining us, talking all things college football. I, I, I agree with Bill there. I think it's going to boil down to Georgia or Texas. That's where I think Arch Manning's going to go. He could keep the family tradition of staying in the SEC by going to Georgia. That's a ready-made program coming off a national championship. It makes a lot of sense. You can be groomed and be the guy. But he could also go to Texas and be the guy. Like, if you win at Texas and you can help turn around the Longhorns, which have been down for, let's be honest, the better part of a decade, I know they won a Sugar Bowl over Georgia. I get it. But they've been pretty much down for a decade plus now. You go to Texas, you help turn things around there, you become a legend. And it has nothing to do with what the name on the back of your jersey is. So it's going to be interesting to see which way he goes with Arch Manning, the Isidore Newman star quarterback for the 2023 class. we got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up. We'll update that poll question of the day for you. It's our foodie poll question of the week. What's your go-to barbecue meat on this rainy, stormy Wednesday morning edition of RP3 and company right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. May 25th, 1935. Jesse Owens equals or breaks four world records in 45 minutes at a Big Ten track and field meet at Ferry Field in Ann Arbor, Michigan. The performance is remembered as the greatest 45 minutes ever in sport. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Have you joined the rewards club yet? You haven't? Well, listen up. You need to do so today. It's a rainy, stormy day. You're going to have to be kept inside. Why not join our Rewards Club? Because here's the deal. Once you become a member of our Rewards Club, which is free to do so, by the way, you're going to have the chance to enter to win tremendous free gifts, like a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House or a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. But you can only score that $50 gift certificate to Half Shell or the $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's by becoming a member of our clubhouse. Go visit 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com today. It's easy. You go to the website. You click on the Clubhouse Rewards tab. You sign up. You earn points by just signing up. And then you start collecting points. And once you do, you then can enter to win free stuff. It's that simple. Go become a member of our clubhouse today at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free and it's simple, so sign up today. Let's check in on our poll question of the day, shall we? It's a good one. It's the foodie poll question of the week. Memorial Day weekend's coming up. Lots of folks love to barbecue. 
on the holiday weekend. Gives them an excuse to pull out the smoker, to pull out the grill, to get their grill on, if you will. We asked you, what's your favorite barbecue meat? What's the star of the show for your barbecue? Yeah, you're going to have the rice dressing and the potato salad and the baked beans on the spread. We get that. We understand that. But what's the star of the show? It's always the meat. What's your go-to? What's your favorite barbecue meat? 43% of you have said beef brisket. 26% say ribs, beef, or pork. 20% say pulled pork. 11% of you say chicken, old school chicken. JPK, the OD, has a problem. He's posting nothing but photos of his grilling prowess. He is flexing it up beyond control today. We've created a monster. Honestly, a monster. (laughs) But I'm here for it. We also had additional poll choices, pork state and shrimp, if you want to vote for those as well. But keep those comments coming. Yes, JPK, the OD, has flooded our timeline with photos. Tyler Darball, TD in the house with the comment. I love a good beef brisket. The problem is that the best place for a beef brisket. I can't say that, bud. No free ads. Hashtag no free ads, TD. But he's just plain and simple. He loves the brisket. Can't give you the free ads, though. Come on, TD. Tyler Darball. Tyler says good old ribeye. Hey, yo, good old ribeye steak. Do you barbecue the ribeye, though? I don't typically do that. I don't typically go with barbecue sauce on my steak unless it's a pork steak. Now we're talking business. But big old beef steak, ribeye? Uh-uh. Nah. 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 Also, love me some good barbecue sausage. Got to have that in the two meat, three meat plate. Oh, man. I'm on a diet. Game changer here. I make poor decisions with our foodie poll questions because it makes me hungry. So that's that's failure on my part. My apologies to everyone out there listening if we made you hungry this morning. But hey, that granola bar I got in my desk drawer is going to taste just as good as some two-meat plate with rice dressing and beans and potato salad. Macaroni and cheese. Oh, the sides. Yes. Yes. Get it done. Mashed potatoes. Oh, man. Oh, twice. But oh, so good. So good. Then you can get the potato, like the baked potato with the meat inside of it. Oh, it's a game changer. It'll change your life. It'll change your life. Keep voting on our poll question of the day. It's a good one. It's our foodie poll question of the week. What's the star of the show for your barbecue, for your weekend barbecue? What's the star of the show? The star of the show is always the meat. But what's the star of the show for you? What's your go-to meat? Is it pork steak? Is it ribs, beef or pork? Is it chicken? Is it, I don't know, hamburgers, hot dogs? So many different options that you can go with, with the uh, meat being the star of the show for your barbecue, backyard barbecue. Shrimp, pulled pork as well. Keep those votes coming. Let's get to some more comments, shall we? Robert Duplichan says, it's between shrimp and pork steaks. That's a good one. 
Brian Gidry says pork steak. Keep those comments coming on our poll question of the day. Leave them in on Facebook and Twitter. We want to hear from you. It's our foodie poll question of the week. But right now, it's time for us to take a timeout. When we return, when will LSU actually play a baseball game? It's been moved to Thursday morning at 9.30, first pitch pregame starting at 9, which would wipe out our good friend Kevin Foot and Footnotes for tomorrow. But how much confidence do we have that the SEC will even get the games in they need to get in today to allow LSU to be able to play tomorrow morning? Giving us a live report on that is the voice of the LSU Tigers. Live from Hoover, Chris Blair joins us next here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Here on RP3 and Company, everyone is apparently part of the game family. Brother, 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 brother. Seriously, how many brothers does Ray have? Good morning to you, brother. Back to Ray and all of his brothers right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, don't go through another summer with that awful joint pain. Call KC Kinetics right now. Hey, it's Raymond Parch III here. That pain in your back, your knees, your shoulder, it can now be treated with the latest in precision medicine using natural biologics, growth factors that can restore and repair damaged tissue. Really exciting stuff here. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, giving you access right here to this modern-day joint pain solution. You can get lasting joint pain relief with no drugs, no steroids, no downtime, and guess what? No surgery. You've heard Emmett Smith raving about QC Kinetics. You've read or seen other high-profile people talking about it. Regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can help you get your life back. Take action right now. Get a free consultation. Powerful, effective joint pain treatments with natural biologics are here. Call QC Kinetics right now. 337-243-4222. That's 337-243-4222. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. It's our foodie poll question of the week. What's the star of the show? What is the meat of choice when you're handling your backyard barbecue? Brisket, chicken, sausage, pork steak, ribs. Does not matter. Hamburgers. Let us know. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter and get those votes in. But right now, it's time for us to talk all things LSU with the voice of the Tigers, our good friend, the one and only Mr. Chris Blair, who's joining us now live from Hoover, Alabama. Chris, good morning to you, bud. How are you? I'm doing good, Raymond. Hope you're doing well. Uh, We're doing well, bud. First question to you is this. Uh, I know the game has been rescheduled to Thursday morning, but I also know that the SEC is behind on getting their games in, and there's supposed to be bad weather today and tomorrow. Do you expect LSU to actually play at 9.30 on Thursday? <laughs> you know, the, uh, to be honest with you, I, I, I know. I don't know uh, how they're going to get all this worked in. I mean, it's currently drizzling right now here in Hoover. Um, they were supposed to get you know, last night's late night, uh, late night game underway this morning at 9.30. Uh, we'll see. It looks like most of the heavy stuff's going to be here around 9 a.m. Uh, coming up in about a half hour. So, 
Uh, looks like, you know, today's games are going to be pushed back again. Um, so I, I, I don't know. There's only, it's only one park and one, one, you know, two games got to play or four games got to play, five games got to play, and then hopefully, you know, have a chance to play tomorrow morning. So I don't know. It's going to be a scheduling nightmare. Chris, what are you hearing of whatever plans they may have, backup plans, maybe making the games go only go seven innings, uh, eliminate the double elimination portion of the tournament? I mean, what are you hearing over there in Hoover about what the backup plan is for the SEC? Yeah, those two things certainly have been batted around, pardon the bun, uh, for, uh, for, for the last day and a half, to be honest with you. I mean, the the forecast hasn't changed much. You know, we, we came straight here from Nashville on Sunday, uh, and immediately that was the talk when we got here. Is uh, you know, There's three days this week, mainly Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, that uh, don't look good for outdoor baseball. Friday, you start to clear up, you got some sunshine, uh, but that's a lot of games backlog uh, to try to crown a champion of this tournament. So, yeah, those are the first two that I've heard. Uh, again, nothing official, obviously, but uh, they're going to have to start making some tough decisions here uh, because when you look at the forecast today, it just doesn't look like you're going to be able to get in uh, maybe one or two games, that's all. and They've got five to get through. Chris, any possibility that the NCAA would say, okay, guys, we'll give you an extra day to get your tournament in because the weather there in Alabama is also going to impact the Sunbelt tournament and that storm system may also directly impact the ACC tournament as well, uh, east of there. So, any possibility that the NCAA could say, "Okay, we'll push back selection Monday a day to let you guys get the tournament in"? Well, I think anything is possible, and it certainly helps uh, that argument if if you've got multiple conference tournaments impacted. Um, but you know, these things are on a pretty tight schedule. Yeah. Uh, the NCAA, of course, will send teams from the east to the west, from the central to the east and the west. Um, you know, so I, I think right now anything's possible. Um, and, and it's not just about the SEC. It's certainly, as you mentioned, uh, they're concerned about, you know, the weather in Montgomery. Uh, you know, just checked the radar maybe a half hour ago and saw some even nastier stuff coming out of Texas going east. So uh, for the next couple of days, again, right now, until you get to Friday, which, you know, that's great. But uh, if, you, if you're backlogged, as I said, three or four or five games going into Friday, yeah, I don't see how there's not enough time in the day unless you start playing a 24-hour rotation to get all those games in. We're talking with Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers. He joins us here on RP3 and Company. All right, bud, let's talk about Jay Johnson's squad because – it's been uh, an up-and-down uh, season. Uh, we go from them being swept at home for the first time ever by Ole Miss to them coming back on the road and sweeping Vanderbilt for the first time ever in Nashville, and they did so in dominant fashion. Um, just, just absolutely just whooped them silly. What do you expect to see? Which which version of the LSU baseball team do you expect to see this week in Hoover whenever they do get up and running and start playing games? <laughs> That's about the fourth time I've answered that question this week. And i got to be honest with you, I think I've given four different answers. Um, and, and most of that reasoning is, you know, there's been several times this season when you look back uh, to a sequence of games or maybe a week of games or even a weekend series 
that you kind of felt like, okay, now we've turned the corner. Uh, you know, Florida comes to mind early, taking two of three there uh, after dropping to uh, Texas A&M, which we all found out was a pretty good team, by the way, uh, at home. Uh, I looked at that Georgia series where you're able to battle and take two of three there against the Georgia team that at the moment was playing very well. Um, and then you go into Ole Miss and, and follow it up with Vanderbilt. You know, the one thing I'll tell you is Thursday of last week, I got over to the ballpark, went down in the dugout about two hours before the game, and Coach Johnson rarely has the lineup put together then. Um, it's just the nature of this season. He's kept it pretty close to the vest. He's made some last-minute decisions. Um, and two hours before first pitch in the game one of versus Vanderbilt, there it is up on the wall, and I noticed Dylan Cruz in the leadoff spot. Um you know, the, a couple of weeks before at Alabama when Jacob Berry was injured, you know, he told us that the philosophy of this offense now is get as many people on before Dylan Cruz gets to the plate. So I asked him about Dylan being in the leadoff spot, and he said, Chris, today and this weekend, this lineup is built in an attempt to score runs, home runs, extra base hits, and have Dylan Cruz get to the plate as many times as possible. And lo and behold, Thursday night in that game one, 13-2 win, you know, Cruz got to the plate six times in the leadoff spot. Uh, he reached base all six times, impacted the game with RBIs, and then went on to have, as we know, an incredible weekend series. So, you know, will this lineup be the lineup we see moving forward, especially with Jacob Berry being able to hopefully bat at least from the right side? Um, if that's the case, then I think you're looking at a team that offensively can overcome any kind of pitching woes or pitching mistakes. When you look back to this season, you know, they've done a magnificent job of piecing this staff together without really two SEC weekend starters, to be honest with you. Um, but there's times where, you know, the offense didn't arrive and, and they lost games. Um, but I think we saw this weekend that and everything that Jay Johnson does from the first day he stepped on campus to fall ball, spring practice, non-conference conferences leading up to the playoffs. That's he looks at the season in that in that lens. And I think if we see the type of weekend where it's just going to be offense gets it done, and if that lineup this past weekend is the type of offense that can put up, you know, double digit runs, then then this this team has a chance to be in some games that otherwise maybe they wouldn't be. So we'll see. And I think the way we see once we start playing here in Hoover, how he sets up the pitching staff will probably be an indication of what it'll look like in the NCAA. Chris, uh, Kay Doty, what do we know about his health status after the shoulder? Well, you know, it's one of the benefits if there's a silver lining and sitting around Hoover for now four days without playing a game is that it does give not only Kay but a number of guys who are banged up, bruises, or still trying to get back to 100%, gives them a little extra rest. Obviously, I went to practice yesterday, and Jay told the media that was there that, you know, it's still one of those deals where it's just going to be evaluated every single day. Uh, they were able to get him out of the soft cast, which they put on uh, Saturday night following game three against Vanderbilt. And, and now it's a matter of, I won't necessarily say pain tolerance. It's a little more serious than that. Um, but, but they think he's got a possibility to play. Um, and I don't think there's been any definitives uh, when it comes to that regard for, for 
for Cade and for possibly Jacob Berry and, and for a few others that, uh, you know, are still trying to get back to, to 100%. So, again, if there's a silver lining, it's maybe that it's given a couple of more days to, to help those guys feel a little better. But, uh, you know, he's been asked a number of times here since arriving in Hoover. And to be honest with you, I don't think he, the training crew, or any of the people know exactly uh, what the latest condition is. It's just going to change hour by hour, day by day. You know, he mentioned earlier this week in his presser, you know, he, he, you know, he talked about Dylan Cruz and the work that he put in to get better. And uh, uh, Braden Jobert uh, took a step this year as well, just a monster at the plate. But he made sure to point out McManus and how much he's developed. For you as someone who's on the call for these games week after week after week, Chris, who's the player that's kind of stood out or players that have improved the most in your eyes since the beginning of the season to now here at the SEC tournament? Yeah, I think Tyler McManus fits that role. I mean, you're without Alex Malazzo for now basically the whole season, which uh, without question is one of the best, if not the best, defensive catchers in the country, not to mention the SEC. Um, and, you know, you kind of had to, with the platooning of Travinsky and McManus, you were kind of giving up a little bit defensively, although I think both guys have done well behind the plate. Uh, but you try to make up that difference in offense. And, uh, you know, there was a time there where Travinsky got on a hot roll uh, five or six games there where he was using his power to, to put the ball out of the ballpark. But I think McManus, of course, with uh, a handful of triples, a handful of doubles, and now starting to, you know, add those home runs into his repertoire, uh, I, I think has been key because then you kind of – I don't want to say you forget about Alex Milazzo because it would be great to have him in there. Um, but you can live with the fact that at least you're getting some production at the plate. So I think Tyler's one. And then with the injury to Jacob Berry, I think, you know, Collier Cramper, uh, not over the season, but just over the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, made some really good plays at third base um, and was, you know, his mission at the plate was, hey, look, just get a board. Uh, and this past weekend, if you can get a board, we got Dylan Cruz in the leadoff spot and, you know, more chances than not, he's going to provide something to, to move you around the base pad. So I think Collier Cranford's another one because I think, you know, without having somebody who can hold down the hot corner and then somehow produce and at least get on base, uh, you know, that's a big hole in the lineup. So I, uh, kudos to Collier Cranford, who, who I think has played well. Uh, and then Jacob Hasty. I mean, he got to finish with Jacob Hasty, a guy that we almost all forgot was still on the team to start the season. Uh, and now I think he's poised to be a big part uh, of what this team does, not only this week, but, but moving forward. And then I guess you got to throw in Ty Floyd. The ability of Ty to actually have a secondary pitch to go with that, you know, knockout fastball. Uh, if he just throws that thing a couple of times through the lineup and, and can land it for a strike, that changes the complexion of how batters now face. Ty Floyd and I thought he was uh, tremendous in the series against Vanderbilt. So that's uh, you know those are four guys that I think have 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 really stepped up and and will have a a chance to play a some type of uh, good role in what LSU does moving forward. Wrapping up our conversation with the voice of the LSU Tigers, Chris Blair, he joins us live from Rainy Hoover this morning here on RP3 and Company. All right, bud, we've discussed this earlier this week, and I want to get your insight on this. It, they get to the 17-win plateau in SEC play. They absolutely stomp Vanderbilt on the road, and they help their RPI by, what, 10 points or so? 
they're right there in the mix to host a regional. My question to you is, how many wins do you believe LSU needs to win this week at the tournament to be able to lock up hosting a regional there in Baton Rouge? I, you know, to be honest, I said 17 about three weeks ago. I thought if you picked up 17 wins in the SEC with the way that this conference has been jumbled, especially in the Western Division, you know, you look at what Texas A&M was able to do to finally catch Arkansas, um, and and then you know after Arkansas for most of the season, it was a game here or there that separated four or five teams, and for LSU to make that big run and as you say sweep on the road, only two teams did it this year: Tennessee and LSU. Uh, you know, at Vanderbilt, I thought seventeen would get it done. Um, you know, I, I love the NCAA. They, they parade around as wanting parity and giving everybody an opportunity and la, 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 la. Truth of the matter is they want to sell tickets when they get to this NCAA regional. There it is. And for that reason, I, for that reason, I think 17 wins and putting a regional in Baton Rouge where you know you're going to sell as many tickets or more than any other place in the country puts them there. Now, having said all that, Go win another game in Hoover, get to 18 wins, 17 regular season one in the SEC tournament, and I'll be stunned if we're not playing baseball next week at Alec Box Stadium. Brother, I totally agree with your point of view there. My friend, I appreciate you making the time. Stay safe and try to stay dry over there, my friend, and try not to get too bored while you're waiting on action to actually get ramped up. Appreciate you making the time, as always, Chris. You got it, man. Hotel fever starting to set in. I got to get to the ballpark. <laughs> I hear you, brother. That's Chris Blair, longtime voice of the LSU Tigers joining us. Hey, they're waiting. He does not think, you know, he's not very optimistic that they're going to play 930 tomorrow morning. So, once again, I said it all week. It's going to be a fluid situation because of the storm system, and they're going to have to get a lot of games in today. And Chris says maybe, maybe they get in two. So, that would mean LSU would get pushed back even further. And they would have to make some adjustments. And I found it interesting. He said, as soon as they arrived Sunday from Nashville, he started hearing the talk being bantered about by media people and by university officials and athletic departments about, hey, are we going to go to seven game, seven innings for these games? Or are we going to go just single elimination? That was already being discussed on Sunday. So that tells me that the SEC is working on some plans behind the scenes if things can't get off the ground. We have to take a timeout. Our final one of today's show. We'll get you set up for Kevin Foot and Footnotes. That's all coming up next, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Oh, let's take a moment to thank our guest. A trifecta of excellence on this rainy. Wednesday edition of RP3 and Company. Brandon Williams making his RP3 and Company debut from KPLC 7 in Lake Charles. Talking all things beneath baseball. Cowboys will take on the Southeastern Lions for a three-game set this weekend. Championship series for the Southland Conference. Winner gets to go to the NCAA Regionals. Want to thank Brandon for his time. What about Bill Bender? He delivered talking about the state of college football. NIL nonsense. Saban Jimbo beef. And five teams that could surprise you and get into the college football playoff. Two of them from the SEC, A&M and Ole Miss. And, of course, Chris Blair, the voice of the LSU Tigers, joining us 
He's been at the hotel since Sunday. He's got a little bit of hotel fever. Once again, LSU's baseball game that was scheduled for tonight has been pushed to 9.30 first pitch tomorrow, but that may not happen at that time either. Weather is severe in Hoover right now, and it's expected to be bad tomorrow as well. How are they going to get the games in is a discussion that we've been having all morning. I would, if I was a betting man right now, I would expect them to maybe get two games in today, which means the LSU game would be pushed even further back on Thursday. So SEC is going to have its hands full and trying to figure out how to get this tournament in. Same thing could be said for the Sunbelt Conference Tournament over in Montgomery. They were able to get their two single elimination games in yesterday. Will they be able to get all their games in today? That's the big question mark going on right now for conference tournaments in college baseball. Final results of the poll question of the day, or as we like to call it, the foodie poll question of the week. What is the star of your backyard barbecue? What's your favorite barbecue meat? Winning the vote, 41% of you say beef brisket, 28% say ribs, 20% say pulled pork, 11% say chicken. And we had a slew of write-in votes and mentions from barbecue barbecue shrimp, barbecue steaks, and so much more. JPK, the OD, went off the deep end with all of his posts. (laughs) With all the great stuff that he shared. So thank you for all who voted on the poll question of the day all who called about it, and all who commented on it. For the intern extraordinaire, Daryl, the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, I'm Raymond Parsh III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again tomorrow, 6 to 9. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foote and Footnotes is up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.